Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show, the special Valentine's Day edition of The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People studio is my cohort, my comrade, James Muncy. Good morning, Muncy. Morning, buddy. How are you doing? I am... You know, I'm great because it's Valentine's Day, and I'm just feeling the love. I'm yeah. full of, I am full of love today. Love is in the air. <laughs> I expected, like, a path of rose petals coming in here when I got here this morning. I but. saved those for Sam. Okay. That's later right. tonight, Fair and enough. I really don't want to get into that right now. That's <laughs> not made for kids' television or radio. Fair enough. So we'll, we'll stay off of that. So... Uh, thank thank everyone for being here. There's multiple places that you're probably hearing us or, or watching us, whether you're checking us out on Facebook Live, li- uh, on the radio at 92.7 here in Richmond. Perhaps you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey. Every show, our job, James and I's job, is to deliver to you, our listener, the insights and in inspiration for a life of significance. And what is significance boil down to just one simple thing. It's how you impact other people. And we live in a world where uh, selfishness seems to just keep growing. Uh, what we what we want to do with ourself is, is great. Our goals are great. Our accomplishments are great. But at the end of the day, folks, how is that impacting the people around you? Because if it has little to no impact, you're probably not on the right path. So thanks for being here and allowing us to be on that path with you. James, what do you do special, if anything, for Valentine's Day? What's your gig? So maybe a note between my wife and I, but overall, we really don't do anything. And and it's very intentional. So the idea is that we try not to give in to a holiday where the world is telling us this is the day we're supposed to express our love for each other. Fair enough. So I try very hard at various points of the year. I might bring flowers home just on a random day, you know, in September. Or, you know, surprise her with dinner out at some point, um, yep. just that she doesn't know about randomly. But that's nice. We, we try not, I, I don't, I don't want to be negative on Valentine's Day, JJ, because, you know, when we were, <laughs> when we were dating and when we were engaged, I mean, we went all out. And then eventually it's like, hey, wait a minute. Like, this is, it's so commercialized. Yeah. We're, we're not going to give into it. Is that, is that wrong? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I've actually started to feel that way about, Christmas and in other holidays where the world tells you you're supposed to do something just on that day. Uh, we have fallen into the trap of commercialism and capitalism and all these wonderful things that I know both you and I support. <laughs> but at the end of the day, maybe it's the, the, the individual in me that says, you know, I don't want to have to abide by that particular... Don't put me in a box. Mm-hmm. Especially don't put me in a box full of chocolates. <laughs> I mean, seriously. The, I did get... So, uh, so on my side of it, mm-hmm. I did get Sam some, some roses. That's nice. Um, I do get her flowers other times of the year. Not a lot. I, I don't give... I think if you do some things too much, you'll end up taking away the the um, the gratitude out of it or the surprise out of it. That's an that's an important part of it for me. Yeah. So flowers twice a decade. That way you keep it fresh every time. I don't keep track. Uh, maybe she does. Yeah. I, maybe she it's in her planner. She she has little tick marks on how many times I bought her flowers. I don't know. But no, you know I appreciate that there's a day that we all think about love 
in general. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, I like the idea behind Valentine's Day. I guess I get a little cynical maybe yeah. at, at, again, just the huge commercialization around it. I know. And the expectation. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do anything, you're a really bad person. You are. And so I got into my I got in my car this morning, and in my center console, my wife oh. had left me a little note and a little bag of Cadbury mini oh, eggs, I which she I, knows I love. I wish I had a soundboard here, and I'd play that track where, <laughs> every, where, where the whole audience goes, oh, isn't so that nice. sweet? I, actually, we need to get that. We, we need, we need a little, little soundboard. That would be really cool for the show. Um, and we do stuff for the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we give to the kids. They got some gift cards, really small gift cards, just enough to show that on this special day, they're appreciated. Mm. But having to make sure, have to make sure that there's other times during the year that you're showing that appreciation to other people around you. And obviously today, our topic is specifically love as a skill. Mm. And I've dug into this whole love thing and what it means. And back to your point, James, of how the world seems to have commercialized the whole holiday, I think we have really put ourselves in in pigeonholed us that love is just this really strong, emotional, mushy feeling that you have towards other people. And even I still, uh, I have certain friends where I will say, love, love you, man. Like we'll leave, like guy friends, when we close off the phone mm-hmm. or leave each other from just hanging out, be like, love you. Yeah. And, and that's obviously a, a totally different love. So I've got this little, I haven't, I haven't done a monologue in a while. I haven't done a monologue, and this is not really a formal monologue, but this is something that I specifically wrote for the show that crystallizes my thoughts and my inspiration to you on how you should really be looking at how you feel and think and behave towards other people. And I've used this quote a lot in the last probably three months. What you think controls how you feel, how you feel controls what you do, and what you do controls who you are. Love is a skill of doing. And as I just mentioned, that's not what most of us think love really is. It's driven by a feeling, and those feelings can be enthusiasm, desire. Sometimes love is driven by guilt and necessity. Love is not a noun it's a verb, it's a decision, it's an action, it's a choice to do something. And I guess it's also a choice not to do something. The feeling is a result of the thoughts that we put into our head or thoughts that we allow other people to put into our head. Love is a decision to show someone what we feel towards them, because oftentimes you can feel a tremendous amount of positive energy and even emotions towards someone, but you never ever, ever do anything with that. And where most people experience that, James, is at someone's funeral, where they have regrets and they believe they should have done more because they had that love for someone else. It rarely ever matters how we feel until we show it. Often when we show it, it'll impact how we feel, but no matter what, it will impact the other people around you. So let's dig into this whole, what is this love thing that we're talking about? And have you ever dug into this word and really understood what, uh, there's probably a song with this title, do you understand what love is? I think that, yeah. (laughs) I think to me, love has always been more of an abstract emotion that maybe means something a little bit different to each of us. I definitely agree, you know, love is not necessarily a romantic emotion that's reserved between two people who are who are spouses or, or together in a significant other relationship. 
Um, the interesting thing about what you just said, though, JJ, is that it's a decision, an action, and a choice to do. So, like, you're really talking about sort of externalizing totally. Love, where, like, I word. think of love equally as an internal emotion as an ex- and an external emotion. Uh, and for many people, many times it is. Mm-hmm. I think where we fall short generally as people is externalizing that. Um, on one end of the spectrum, you have people that you know you love deeply, that you've been in a relationship with for a while, your spouse, your kids. And we fall short there probably more than anywhere because mm-hmm. we take it for granted or there's so much other things going on in, in that space that we don't really think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end of that spectrum, James, are people that uh, we may hate mm. or or maybe a little bit closer in on the spectrum is people that we don't hate, but we feel they are unlovable. Right. We were talking a little bit last week when we did our this. show on mm-hmm. indifference that, yep. you know, you were saying last week that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Yes. And yes. we were talking about that. And and I was thinking about the situation you're talking about with your friend, how you just kind of give up on helping them and and you can easily consider them unlovable. Mm-hmm. Like you can still love them. You you can still care about them. You can still want to, if that person called you in the middle of the night, you'd probably still hop out of bed and do anything in the world for them. But we've stopped externalizing it for X, Y, and Z for various reasons. So we've kind of written them off as saying, well, they're unlovable, or they're, there's no abilities that they have to allow me to externalize that that love for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too about what you said about say the funeral example and, mm. you know, having regrets. And and I'm sure that happens sometimes. You know, I think back as we've talked about the show many times about Brad Clark a few months ago yeah. and, you know, his funeral for me, um, I, I absolutely loved Brad mm-hmm. and he knew that. Mm-hmm. And I, I can honestly say I left nothing on the table with him. That's awesome. I left absolutely nothing on the table, you know, but my feelings at that funeral, my feelings in the days and even still today, it's hard to even put into words because, you know, you, you, you love someone, you care that deeply about someone, and you just you take for granted that you're going to be able to continue to share your life with them. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's taken, I don't know, the emotion is very hard to describe, but it's not always necessarily regret, I don't think. No. And um, and it's interesting because the type of love you're talking about is one of the types of love that I learned this on Tuesday. Mm. I was having lunch with with my friend and mentor, Sam, who's been a co-host on the show and um, been a mentor of mine for, for 20 years. And I was sharing with him what we were talking about this week. So he was giving me a lesson on love. And I didn't realize this, but so love is a number two talked about thing in the Bible. Do you know what the number one thing is? Trick question. Gosh, death? No, <laughs> it's actually money. Oh, okay. Money is talked more about in the Bible than love. So what does that tell you that we need to be worried about as people? Yeah. It's not as much love as it is the, the, the effect that money has on us. That's another show. But in the Bible, love, actually, because it's Greek, has four root meanings. There's four different types of meanings of love translated in the Bible. But we see it, especially English-speaking folks here in 2019, as just one word, love, 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 love. So this was fascinating for me. 
Uh, the, so the Greeks have four meanings for the word love. The first one, and this is just translated because I couldn't even read Greek, let alone pronounce it, but affection, which is brotherly love, and fondness through familiarity. Now, this may be what you experienced with, with Brad, probably not, because I think when we get through this, you'll see there's this one's at a different level. But this is literally just having someone that you work with, that you care about, that, you know, if you, James, if you have somebody that's done some things for you and you've done some things for them, you love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is a real love between that. And in society, we think that's a little weird or inappropriate. Well, HR would think that's inappropriate if it's happening at work. <laughs> but folks, we are wired for this kind of love. This kind of love is already in us for every single person that you come in contact with every day. And we don't always notice, in fact, we probably rarely notice that level of love that we have for our fellow humankind. I mean, if, if James, if you know that you are wired and responsible for loving every other human being no matter what, would that change the way that you interact and pay attention to and respond to people, or should should it? it maybe it should, but I don't think I'm capable of it. Why? I, because I think in in to love somebody, to me, there has to be some level of compatibility with that person, okay. whether it's a romantic love, whether it's a brotherly love, whether it's you know friendship. There there has to be a level of I, I have trouble telling you that I could ever love someone who has opposite views Good point. as me. Now, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of my life helping people who I've never even met before, who I'm sure I have nothing in common with, and we'd probably disagree on a yeah. million things in real life. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether that's love or not. I just sort of look at it as, as service to others. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really... The Bible says that we should all love each other, just yep. like just like you're saying. It says yep. that many, many times. Um, I, I don't know that I'm capable of that. How about you? The word you just used, I don't know if I'm capable of that. Mm-hmm. I believe we all believe that we are not capable of it because mm-hmm. it's such a hard mountain to scale when we think about the folks on that list. Mm-hmm. Just to use the words that you used, or for me to use the words you used, you are capable of it, but the work and in, in practice and timeline involved in that is probably excruciating to have to over... I mean, think about what we have to do. We have to completely humble ourselves. We have to try to remove every emotion out of it, and, and it's not easy for us to do that. I think we are capable of it, but man... It just requires a deep desire to want to do it. It does. I mean, there are places in the Bible, and I, I couldn't tell you which verses, that it talks about loving your enemy. Ah, Teresa just said on Facebook Live, Teresa Roberts. Oh, I, I know Teresa. Love your enemies. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more of that into the show, because I want to add a, a piece of this that has to do with the unlovables. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, our enemy is the unlovable, or perhaps we make the unlovable our enemy. Um, so the first one on this four types of love is affection. The second one is philia, with a PH, friendship. And there was some things I found from C.S. Lewis that he wrote that I thought were absolutely eloquent around this. 
He calls it the least natural of loves. Humans don't need this type of love because, uh, because humans don't need this type of love to reproduce or survive. It's a freely chosen love, mm. almost to the point you were talking about. Like, you have to freely choose to love that enemy. You have to freely choose to love that person that has wronged you or doesn't want to have anything to do with you. And he, he goes on to say, to the ancients, friendship seemed to be the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life in the school of virtue. The modern world, in comparison, ignores it. I was having this conversation with someone just yesterday mm-hmm. about how we are so disconnected from our neighbors. It used to be that's all we had. We had our immediate family and our neighbors. So there was friendships everywhere. And social media, I think, has actually destroyed our friendships. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think email has destroyed our friendships. I think texting has destroyed our friendships. There might be an argument there that it could be bringing people together that normally wouldn't. I think it's just a way out of bringing people together mm-hmm. that you should be reaching out to. I, I, I'm called, I'm the pot calling the kettle black right now. I should be reaching out to people more than, oh, you know, I text them every once in a while. Right. And it, true love in friendships has seemed to not gone away, but it seems to be going away in our society. Is it really going away or is it just evolving? Is it <sighs> is it is the you know is the definition Devolving. changing? Well maybe it in is. In my opinion. Maybe it is. Um but I, I think this is this is the way that people can you know, way back people always had to communicate in person, right? Because there were no telephones, mm-hmm. there was no mm-hmm. so you had to be in person. Then it moved to a place where it was on the phone. I mean when you yep. and I were kids you know, we would spend hours. <laughs> no, I'd sit by the phone waiting for a friend to yeah, call you, sometimes. Spend, but I'd spend hours in my room at night on the oh, phone yeah. with friends. Oh. And today... Those were the days, James. Yeah, but... So but, old school. But today, it's all through text, and right? there's literally things you couldn't do because there was a cord attached. I know for some of you listening, you're maybe wondering what we're talking about right now, but <laughs> you literally... You literally said, hold on, I will be right back. BRB, because you literally could, you couldn't take the phone with you. Uh, shocking yeah. to some of you, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the third type of love is eros, which is is the, the love that we're most familiar with, which is being in love, of um, having the emotions of love, sexuality, the whole thing that love seems to have been just defined as in our society. Yeah, so today. including physical attraction. Every, that whole yeah. thing that... We don't need to get into that on this show. So the fourth is is charity, which um, is the love that brings for caring regardless of circumstances, also known as agape love. You've probably heard of agape, which is the mm-hmm. love for God. This is love that's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. It's loving something that's larger than us. It's it's loving our Creator if, if you believe in one. It's, it's the higher calling, so to speak, of who we are and in, in what we have. Um, so I'm curious, going back to the Brad example, which one of these four... I'm going to take Eros off the table, by the way. So which one of these three loves do you feel like defined your your relationship with that best friend? I, w- I would say it's it's Philia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, the second. And and I would say I have that relationship with, with a good handful of people. Um, you know, I mean... Can I stop you? Yeah. So we all do. The question is... How do you have that type of love with more people? Mm-hmm. How do you make that conscious? Because it says here that it's this—it's the neat, the least natural. It's freely chosen. So, first question is: Do you really want more people in your life with that level of love? No. Why? Be- because I'm 
because I'm we've talked about this before because at, at heart I'm an introvert okay. and I'm not interested in having a huge I prefer to keep a smaller closer group of friends Fair enough. but that smaller closer group I'm I love I mean I'm very in tune with we talk all the time we call each other and see each other for no reason than to check up on each other we don't want anything from each other you know, and it's it's a it's a great thing. No, I'm not really interested in growing that circle. To be honest with you, okay. So um, let's also look at this as rather than an on-off thing in the circle, out of the circle, this fuzzy line of people that just come and go in our life, where we can react to people a certain way, we can do for people a certain way, we can initiate for certain people a certain way, but we don't necessarily have to bring them all the way into that circle. Because the deeper you are in that circle, the more energy and time you really have to have. Yeah. And my argument for everyone listening right now is you have so much time to do more for other people and exercise that love. Mm -hmm. James, you and I stay really busy. We have a lot of responsibilities. I am amazed and appalled at whenever I monitor my screen time on my phone, how much time I'm wasting in other things that are meaningless, i.e. being on Facebook. And I really made a conscious effort of doing it this year. I asked myself, what would my life be like if I literally deleted the Facebook app off my phone and spent that time initiating things for other people instead? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, yeah. wor- the world could change. The world would change if we all did just a little bit more. And I don't know if you've heard of the slight edge theory. Uh, the slight edge. It, it was a book where if you just shaved one percent off something, like every hour, every day, every week, by the end of the year, you would be fifty times further along in something. What if you shaved one percent of the time in your day just to reach out to someone that you haven't talked to in a while, or literally go volunteer your time somewhere? folks, 1%, it would absolutely have a tremendous impact on the world around you. Yeah, but I mean, and this is getting into a whole nother topic, but I feel like it's okay to tune out sometimes. It helps me recharge. You know, I was was having lunch at my desk the other day and I had like a full morning. And as I was eating at my desk, I I watched a couple of YouTube videos, just mindless stuff just to kind of reset my mind. Yeah. Well, that's called it. That's that's good escape. That's that's yeah. resting. I just think that we spend hours a day, if if you really add it up, wasting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wasting I think you're hours right. a day. Uh, so those are the four different types of love, and what we're really focusing on today is that filial love, that friendship love. It's it's the love for the for the people around us that uh, we don't necessarily acknowledge or even pay attention to, because quite frankly, we're listening to ourselves talk all day long. Mm-hmm. We're, we're thinking about ourselves. So how can we exercise love as a skill more often? So the, the question I think we need to answer up front is, is love the most important skill that a person can possess? Yeah, I've just never thought of it as a skill before. I I, I haven't thought of it that way either. Mm-hmm. I also have not thought of it as what is more important as a skill than love. Crickets. I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. I, I can't think of one skill. I, it's it's not communication. It's not being a good listener. It's not um, being great in your craft. Uh, it's not running. It's not being athletic. 
And it's interesting because I think it's hard to even have those as good skills without love as a skill. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about communication and listening. Those are skills of love. If you have a desire to communicate more effectively, it's because you care about that other person in some capacity that we explained earlier. If you really aren't involved in sharpening your communication skills or sharpening your listening skills, think about how little you really care about other people at that point. And James, I live in a world where people pay me and my team and and, and our entire industry to help them be a better communicator and to be a better listener because they care about other people. 97% of the people that I come in contact with don't want to have anything to do with us. And it blows my mind. It's like, really? you really don't want to get better at mm-hmm. communication and listening. You are perfectly fine the way that you are. So why do you think that that's their reaction? Because they are completely comfortable with status quo, and they're thinking about themselves 99.9% of the mm-hmm. time. And don't get me wrong. Maybe the only difference between me and that person is I'm thinking of myself 98.9% of the time yeah. because we're wired that way. But there is a li- there is very little desire with most people. I th- I'd say most people listening to the show right now when you really confront your reality of who you are and where you've been and where you want to go, you probably have very little desire to want to communicate more effectively and want to be a better listener. Mm. And if you just start to get yourself involved in anything that will help you be a better communicator and be a better listener, you will start to realize how far you have to go to be better at these things. I think it's like anything. Like if... If you're not running, right? If you're not a runner, but you could run, you're you're perfectly able to run, but you don't run, you have absolutely no idea what your capacity is. I don't know how fast I can run, and I don't know how far I can run. Right. You go out running, you will you will realize within 30 seconds, I, I'm not going to make it very far, mm. and I'm not going to make it very far very fast. So if you're not actually involved in anything that's that's sharpening this love as a skill, you really don't know how far short you're falling in your life right now. And and it's a, it's a pretty crazy hole to start to crawl down because once you start to really dive into things that you should be doing and in ways you should be helping other people and you realize real quick where your comfort zone is, um, it's scary. It's a, it's a little scary as far as how far away you feel and, and realize that you are from meeting your true potential in this world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and how much how much can love change over time? You know, we talk to a lot of people, you know, if we if we go to that sort of eros love mm-hmm. who and there's a lot of jokes about this, but there's a lot of truth in jest that uh, you know, people been married for 20, 30 years and 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 they talk about how that love, you know, it's not the same as it was when they were newlyweds. Yeah. And you know, I think I think love Love can change over time. Absolutely. And, and it's because it's that decision that's happening inside of us. I mean, we are deciding how much love we want to have for that person or how little love we want to have for that person. And you're, you're using the context of the Eros being in a, in a romantic relationship with a spouse. That has to do with every single person around us. Mm-hmm. We are making decisions all day long on whether or not we want to even have that person in our life, be around that person again. You're probably making decisions to avoid situations and places. There's probably people at your job right now where you don't even go to that part of the building because that one person is over there. Yeah. And that's how much this is a decision. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. And 
But you know, when, when you have true love for someone else, yeah. and I'm talking about even that philia love, you can be apart for a long time. And when you come back together, we all have people like that, that when you come back together, it's like you never skipped a beat. Yep. You know, the guy who's best man in my wedding, my best friend growing up, well, he now, he lives in New York City. He's an architect. Our lives have gone completely different directions. Um, you know, he has, we have, we're very different people now. Mm -hmm. But when I was in New York, um, when I was in New York back in December, we got together. And man, we were only together for like two hours, but it was, it was like nothing yep. had changed at all. Yep. Yeah, we all have somebody in our life. Well, yeah. I hope we all have somebody in our life like that. Um, this is a skill that needs to be learned and practiced. And I think, James, what's happened in that situation is you stayed in practice, right? I mean, nothing's, nothing came in between you and that friend to feel any differently. You literally, such a cliche, we just picked up where we left off. 20 years ago. You know, we did, that but, is. We're, but, but we're not calling and texting each other. You know, it had, been, it had been probably two years since we'd communicated in any way, mm. to be honest, which mm -hmm. isn't good. I'm not proud of that. Well, it was but, a but there was a foundation laid there somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. If there's someone that you only spent a day with, let's say, in a training seminar, and you didn't see him again for another 20 years, you're not going to feel that same way. Right. But you guys created a totally different bond. You both decided to create that bond together X numbers of years ago. And I, I ask this question all the time in my training programs. How many of you right now are best friends with somebody that when you first met, for whatever reason, you hated each other? You were mortal enemies. And then I literally will see about 10%. I mean, people will raise their hand. I'm not even asking them to raise, but they're like, they want to share the story. So I just ask them, I was like, what changed? They're like, we got to know each other. That's like the plot <laughs> of the movie Step Brothers. I never saw that movie. <laughs> you didn't? No, uh, no, you didn't no. Watch it. But it's true. It's like, I, I just took the time to understand that person. Yeah. And it usually turns out that they were so similar that they couldn't stand each other. Mm. It's that opposites attract. Well, oh, people that are similar all, uh, will often push each other away really quick. Um, love is a skill, and it has to be practiced. And the more we practice it, especially with people that haven't earned it, and that's an important, the unlovable, or the people that have actually defiled you. I mean, they have like insulted you. They've said something mean to you. But it absolutely, especially with people that haven't earned it, the more powerful it becomes within us and around us. So the more you practice it, the more powerful it becomes within us and the more powerful it becomes around us. And if you just let it go or ignore it, then it's just going to get rusty. Mm -hmm. And it's just like any, it's literally like any other skill, James. And I cannot even emphasize more that if you rely on love as this natural feeling that's either going to occur or not occur, and you pass judgment on other people and your relationships with other people, you are missing out on so much. This is a conscious awareness and a decision. And sometimes you literally, just like when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you don't want to go to the gym and you start to talk yourself into it or talk yourself out of it, it's the same about loving people that are unlovable and people that haven't earned it with you. So in, in our, this is our 90th show, in, in 90 shows, I can, I can honestly say, I think that what you just said is about the most difficult thing we could ever be asked to do. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it, because it really strikes to the core, deep emotion of who we are. Mm -hmm. and, and if we have allowed someone to get to that core and penetrate us 
and hurt us, we will put up walls so thick that even we lose the abilities to remove them. Mm. And, and that's, by the way, you're the only one that put them up. They may have done something to feel, make you feel that way, but you put that wall up. I mean, there's industries wrapped around helping you trying to get that wall down. Well, I'm sure, but I mean, come on, man. I, I don't, I don't, and I'm just, I being anybody, I don't want to, I don't want to love somebody who has insulted me. I don't have any interest in doing that. I mean, that's how the majority of people feel. What if I told you, though, it's absolutely your responsibility to love that person? That's a powerful challenge. It is. Um, we're all faced with many challenges, and we're going to wrap up today's show. We've got about six minutes left here. Six minutes left here is what? How how do we practice love as a skill more? How especially with the unlovable? And a question I'll ask you about the unlovable: Is it their problem or your problem? It's our problem. Oh, definitely. They may they may have exhibited behavior, but. We have judged them as unlovable. So the first thing that we have to do, there's, there's five things here that we're going to ask you to do to practice skills of love, especially if you're catching us early on this Valentine's morning or you're, or you're hitting the replay and Valentine's Day is not over. It's not just about your spouse. It's not just about your kids. There's people in this world that deserve your love. Number one is practice forgiveness. And to your point, James, you can't really love that person if you haven't forgiven them. Right. If you're harboring bitterness, that cannot survive in the same space with love. No. Nope. And it can be a tough thing to to let go. I mean, you started out by saying with this whole thing, what do we do with the unlovable? Is it their problem or ours? Well, it's our problem. So before you can even get to number one, you have to decide to yep. make it your problem. Yep. Because that's Absolutely. the thing. Most people don't even see it as a problem. So they blame the other person for the problem. Or they just say that that that's the way it is. That person and I, that person's unlovable. I'm they don't even think about it as a problem. No. So you got to change your approach. You've got to change your mentality. Number two, talk less and listen more. We mentioned this earlier about communication and listening. It's very difficult to really, truly love the other person if you're doing all the talking and not really listening to them. If you have that person in your life right now that you have pushed to the side, you've written them off, uh, maybe you just need to take time to listen to that person a little bit more, especially if you're in a situation where you have to listen to that person. You you cannot remove them from your life, is to really understand where they're coming from. And I, I didn't put this on our list, so we'll just make this 2.1, is if you want to love people more, is ask them a lot of questions. Yeah, and that's a running theme we we have in this uh, show is, in to so many topics. On asking good questions. Listening. You have to ask people great questions about them, what's going on in their life, what's going on in their heart. And maybe that love will rekindle in you for that other person through sympathy and empathy. But, you know, whatever path it takes, if you're not out there really asking people what's going on in their life, you're missing some huge opportunities mm -hmm. to transform them and to do something for them and help them. And if you're just jumping into the show for any reason, we're not talking about loving your significant other. I mean, we're talking about loving fellow humanity. Loving your, each your other. Your brothers and your sisters, okay? Yeah. Another one is when you do talk is to watch your words. Be very careful of what you speak, um, especially if it's out of sarcasm or you're trying to be funny or, or you just end up putting your foot in your mouth, is our words can push people away 
faster than anything else that we can do. Mm. Um, it could be something that you're being critical of that other person. It could be something that you are offending another person, but you don't mean to. For goodness sakes, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Don't talk politics anymore with people that you don't know what their what their side is. I mean, these these are just things that pushes people away. Yeah, just be careful. Watch your words. Say don't say things that are going to build a wall. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to get into the wall. But you build did, build a barrier be, oh, between, there you between you. Is it is it concrete or metal? Well, I stepped right into that one. You did. So the fourth one here on our list is give time and uh, sacrifice a lot of the dumb stuff you're wasting your time on, like social media and being distracted with crap on your phone and games. Take that time and invest it in the people around you. And the fifth one is gratitude, Mm. and express that gratitude. As small as it may be, there are people in your life that I know you've completely written off, but there must be one thing, as small as it is, that you appreciate about them. It's absolutely given it's Valentine's Day that you have to express some gratitude towards the people that you have this Eros love with, right? Right. This emotional love, your, your spouse, your kids, your other family members, Today's the day. You're, you're, you're granted one day to give gratitude <laughs> or else, so you have to be able to do that. But really think about who in your life deserves some gratitude from you. And I don't mean shooting them an email. I don't even mean writing them a card. That's cool. But folks, we're talking about picking up the phone and just thanking someone for who they are. Mm. That's, that's how you exercise love as a skill is your words become the tool to impact someone else regardless of what what where they are in your life. Your words have sharp edges that can either um, cut through to the heart or actually make someone's day. Yeah, and if you don't believe that, think about what it me- would mean to you if someone else called you with that message today. Think mm-hmm. about how that would change your day. And it'll give you a little bit better insight to what it, what it means to someone. It's a big deal. So we want to express some gratitude towards our listeners right now. Thank you all for being here. You can catch any of our shows on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. You can email me anytime at jj at greatpeopleshow.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. If there's ideas you have for our show or, or ways that we can just make some improvements, we want to thank you for being here. And we're going to leave you with this with this quote because today, today is the day that you can make a tremendous impact on someone's life. Love isn't a feeling, it's an ability. It's an act of will. So I challenge you to go out and make a difference in someone else's life. See ya! Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week 